Hello, friend. I just love the question that I'm discussing in today's episode because, as most of you know, I am just anxious by nature, and I find myself asking the "Is this bad?" question for so many things, especially in parenting. So this is one that I can weigh in on and hopefully ease your worries or concerns when it comes to you eating something different from your kids or different from the rest of the family. And you're worried about maybe how they're going to perceive this, if it's setting them up to be more picky or have a negative relationship with food or any of those kinds of things. So let's talk about it. The question that came in, I don't know who it's from, but this is what they said to me. She said, is it bad if I'm making myself something else different on occasion, for example, I hate lots of breakfast foods, pancakes, waffles, French toast. I just don't like them. My family enjoys them, though, so on weekends, I'll make them pancakes and make myself avocado toast. Is it setting a bad example that I'm doing that? Before I answer these questions... Welcome to the Mamino's Nutrition Podcast. I'm Casey Barnes. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, mom of two. We're in Dallas, Texas. We have a dog. (laughs) What else do you want to know? Yeah, let's just dive right in. So in general, should you eat the same things as your kids? What do I want you to keep in mind here? Number one is setting an example for foods that you want them to eat. So I'm not specifically talking about the example that this question asked of like the pancakes versus she makes herself avocado toast. But if there are foods, especially like vegetables and other dinner foods that you want your kids to eat, like sometimes people will tell me, I really want my kid to eat more vegetables, but I don't eat many myself. So it's a little bit harder to get them on the vegetable train when you are not riding it yourself. So I do like to say, even if it means you are trying something new and you're a little bit out of your comfort zone, you still want to set an example in that way for them to see like, this is what a balanced diet looks like. So that's what I will say there. But do you need to always eat the same things as them? No, you you really don't have to, especially if they are a picky eater. It's going to be really hard to eat the same thing a lot of the time. But I want you to think about what your communication is like about what you're eating, what they're eating. So instead of saying something like, okay, My kids would happily eat like hot dogs and french fries probably every night of the week. I don't want to eat that. And I also, like in my mind, I'm like, let's get some fiber in there. Let's get some variety in there. So, But I wouldn't say to them something like, you're eating junk and I don't want that. Like, or, or say, you know, you are on a diet or, you know, you're trying to lose weight, something like that. I don't really want you to broadcast that to them because I don't want them to think that they need to do that or that this is just what moms do. Moms go on diets. Moms don't eat breakfast. Like, 
We want them to see you model a healthy relationship with food, and I can totally get more into that in another episode if you're like, what does a healthy relationship with food look like? We might have done an episode a while ago on this with Colleen Christensen from No Food Rules. I'll have to look at that. And if I did, I'll put it in the show notes when I'm done. But if, for example, if you need to eat a certain way for, say, a medical condition, that's something you can explain to them in very simple terms. You don't have to feel like you have to, like, dance around it. You could say something like maybe you're gluten-free or you have a food allergy. You can say something like, that food makes my body get sick, so I can't eat it. It doesn't make your body sick, so it's okay for you to eat it. Something very simple like that for them to understand, like, why you never eat the bread or whatever it is. I do like for you generally, if you're sitting down for a meal together, that there's at least some components that are kind of communal or shared. So maybe you are having, I don't know, plain grilled chicken or something, okay? And like you can still offer that as an option to them, even if they're not going to eat it. But sort of having this idea that like at our meals together, we're not all eating like completely separate things all of the time. Let's answer the specific question that I got where she said, is it bad if I'm making myself something different on occasion? So like she's making pancakes for her family and then she has avocado toast. I wouldn't say that that's setting a bad example as long as she's not like sharing negativity around it of like, oh, pancakes make me fat and bloated, so I don't eat that. Like, we're not going to say those kinds of things, even if that's what you're thinking in your head. Like, I, I don't believe that that's true. I eat pancakes. I think it's fine. But, like, even if your brain is saying some of those things, we don't need to say that out loud. Or maybe you're in a place with food where you're like, I feel like I overeat when I eat XYZ. So I'm going to make it for the kids, but I'm going to have something different. Like, that's okay. You just don't share it out loud. My main message here is that I just don't want them to develop some sort of a complex or feelings around food that they need to restrict it or that that's what's normal to do or expected to do or anything like that. So we really want to keep it very just like preference-based. If they ask, if they're like, why are you not having pancakes? You say, you know, I really don't like pancakes that much, so I'm happy to make them for you. I know you guys really enjoy them, but I'm going to have something else. Let's talk about What if they're eating and you are not eating? First, we want to say, how often are you doing this? If it's occasionally, it is no big deal. If it's always or most of the time, say, you know, you just eat breakfast later in the morning, it's after you've dropped them off, and then same thing for dinner, you feed them and then you eat later. So they're never seeing you eat those meals. Even if they don't ask about it, I think it's worth saying something to them of just like, 
oh, you know, I'm going to eat breakfast later or I'm going to eat dinner later. I like to eat with dad when he gets home or, you know, I like to sit down and eat my breakfast after I drop you off. I'm going to have X, Y, Z. Just so that they get, like, especially as they start to get a little bit older, like five, six, seven years old, and they start hearing things from other people about dieting, like they do start hearing these things that young. So I want them to know that, like, you do fuel your body and that you view that as important. They just might not see you doing it, but you're doing it. So I I want them to know that, that you don't just like never eat. Because at some point, they might start saying to themselves like, wow, you know, I seem to eat a lot more than mom does, or like I'm always eating and mom's never eating. So it helps for them to kind of put that into context and know that it's not a problem that they're eating these meals and you're not. And I do like for you to still sit down with them if you can when they're eating. It doesn't have to be every meal every day, but even if you're like, you know what, I'm not eating dinner till later, if you could sit with them for a couple minutes and share that meal time with them, it is a really nice thing for them to have that social component to the meal, have their family member with them. Even if you're like, I'm going to eat a small salad or I'm going to have like a handful of berries while they're eating and, you know, I'm just going to eat my meal later. It's nice to have that shared experience with them. There's so many benefits to family meals. And even if you're not going to actually be eating your meal, you can kind of simulate it by sitting down, even just having a drink or something like that, and taking a couple minutes to slow down and be present with them at the table. The last thing that I want to address is if they're a picky eater and they never want what you make. So kind of by default, you're eating different things because no matter what you make, unless it's their favorite food, they are eating something different from you. In the beginning stages of trying to repair picky eating, or, you know, you're just stuck and you're not there yet and working on repairing it, this is going to happen quite often, and that's not your fault. Like, there's a variety of reasons that they become picky. A lot of it is genetic. And what I like for you to try to do is see if there's some component of the meal that is something that they like. So you can download my free Picky Eater Starter Guide. I will link it up in the bio for you. Download that, and on there is a safe foods sheet. If you get into Picky Wins, Simple Steps to Picky Wins, my Picky Eater course, I will really walk you through the safe food sheet, but you can also get it for free where you just start writing down the foods that they like. And I recommend that when you are meal planning for dinners, that you try to pick one of those safe foods that they regularly eat and like, maybe not always because they're never 100% predictable, but find those things that you can have as a component of the meal so that there is at least one piece of this meal that you're sharing together, even if it's before you cook it. So like tonight, I am making a beef stew. I don't think my kids are going to eat the beef stew, but 
I do know that they like carrots and celery raw. So as I'm chopping up these carrots and celery for this stew, I'm going to set some aside for me to serve with the meal. That's not all that I can serve them. That's not all that I will serve them because that's not going to be very filling. So I also got some bread, some sourdough bread that I will make. And I might have a piece. I might not, but it's going to be out on the table for everybody. And that's one of the ways that I help kind of like bulk up the meal when there's not something more substantial that I'm making that I know they're going to like. I will not make their favorite foods every night because then, I I mean, I don't want to eat chicken nuggets and mac and cheese every night. And I also don't want to cook two dinners. I don't want to make beef stew and make something else separate for them. So I try to combine things together. I know it gets more challenging when you have more than one kid who is picky and they have different preferences and I get it. I know it's not going to be perfect or easy all of the time, but this is just one thing that you can try to do so that you're kind of having the same meal in a sense, even if they are not eating all the same foods that you are. I have to remind you that you can always change things with your kids. You have never dug yourself so deep that you can't get out. You might need help and that's okay, but I want you to know if you're like, shoot, I never eat a meal with them. I rarely ever do it or, you know, I'm telling them that they're eating junk and I don't want it. Like, that's okay. We can change it going forward. You can say to them, I shouldn't have said X, Y, Z. And then you tell them, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's never something that is irreparable. Is that a word? (laughs) Unrepairable? (laughs) Someone needs to grammar check me. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's never too late. It's never too late. I think back to things that, you know, when I was a kid and I'm like, man, if someone, you know, I, I try to imagine it in my mind. If someone said, I'm so sorry I did X, Y, Z, that might have made you feel blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, that would feel good, right? So there's no reason that we can't do that now. And you don't have to feel bad about yourself for doing it. Like, you didn't know. And we can't know everything all the time. I don't know everything. I know very little. (laughs) I know very little. Anyway, so I just want you to be able to feel, like, empowered and confident in your parenting to know that you don't have to get it right all the time with feeding them with anything. You don't have to get it right 100% of the time. None of us can do that. So when you find yourself asking, like, is this bad if I have done XYZ? Like, maybe, (laughs) you know, like, maybe. But it doesn't mean that you have to continue doing it that way. Like you can change things and move forward in a direction that you feel better about. You absolutely can do that. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. If you would love to be a helpful person, then please leave me a five-star rating and review here on if you're on Apple Podcasts. It is like one of my favorite things to happen because it shows me that 
one, I was helpful to you, and I usually aim to be that. And this way, other parents can find the podcast and check it out and learn and get help feeding their kids. So I'm happy to have you here with me, and I hope that you'll listen again soon. Bye.